Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're here discussing chapter four of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Horace Slughorn. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive. I want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. I love our blog, love WizardTeam, have a few extra galleons lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. And we have WizardTeam merch. Head over to our website and step up your fashion and stationery game. Um, if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, rate and review us on iTunes. And fill out our audience survey to give us feedback. It's that time of year again, guys. Yeah, please let us know what you think we're doing well, what you think we can do to improve. Um, just, you know, so we can may have, we have big plans, but we want to make sure that we're also getting feedback from y'all while we um, make these plans. Um, and also, subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter carried by Wizard Bay Deborah, with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe, and you can do that at blackgirlscreate.org. And now for Wizard Team News. Last week was the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts, which we somehow forgot to talk about, but it happened. Um, and as Per usual, J.K. Rowling took it upon herself to apologize for another death. Um, this one wasn't one that happened during the Battle of Hogwarts, but it happened in the Death of Hallows. So, yeah, she apologized for Dobby's death, while also not apologizing for the institution of slavery that she created in her wizarding world. But that's neither here nor there. Y'all have heard our um, issues with the apologies and they're stupid and Dobby didn't even dumb. die and they're dumb and let's just stop it okay just... yeah we can just move on um magical birthdays so Yay! this past monday um was eliana's birthday so shout out to eliana future oscar winner as we've been calling her in the slack <laughs> and um yeah happy birthday Turn up, turn up. Turn up. Um, and so now let's get into this chapter. Um, chapter four, Horace Slughorn. But first, previously on Wizard Team, um, Dumbledore showed up at number four Privet Drive and decided that it was time to let the Dursleys have it, as well as pick Terry up. Um, only two weeks after he left school, so he only had to be there for a little bit of time, and then he gets to go to the borough and hang out. But first, Dumbledore needs Harry's help. And I, so I find it interesting um, that now everyone wants to tell the Dursleys what's been good, like, what's up, which is like mm -hmm. for the order and for those, like, it makes sense, right? Because they a lot of them don't know or don't haven't had really the opportunity and the weasleys have kind of you know let them know <laughs> what's on their mind yeah in a more i think also like, way. i think also 
people do different things, right? Like the Weasleys were like, well, we'll take him in. Yeah. And I feel like there's a moment where somebody mentions the Dursleys and Mrs. Weasley doesn't say, like she purses her lips because she's like, I got stuff to say, but also like, I don't want to, like, I feel like she probably feels like it's not her place, if that makes sense. I mean, by Um, year four, right? Because that's when Arthur picks them them up. mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they're basically like, you're just someone we have to deal with. And I'm sure that Dumbledore's kind of explained to them, like the blood, you know, he has to like go home. Cause by year four, they're willing to just like take him. Right. Mm-hmm. The second year, they obviously like don't really know Harry <laughs> and like, weren't expecting for him to be there in the first place. Right. And like, so. then their kids are like, they were, they were starving him. And you know what I mean? And it's also like, okay, but it was Ron and the twins. So how, you know, much do we, um, you know, uh, how much do we believe the source? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So by year three and four, like they're kind of walking this fine line of like, we know that you're shit, but we're going to work with you to kind of, you know, make sure that Harry has a good, as good as possible. Um, so it does make sense for like certain people but for Dumbledore, year six <laughs> is really late to stick up for Harry. Mm-hmm. Like when he walked in, I mean, not checking in on him at all, which we don't know whether or not he did or not. But at least we know that Miss Filch is there. Um, and so he has certain people throughout Harry's Mrs. life, Mrs. like Fig. Mrs. Fig, sorry, Mrs. Filch. Um, so we know that he's like placed people there who he can check in on Harry and like give him an update. Right. So I find it really hard to, for Mrs. Fig to not have told him what's going on. Um, also because Mrs. Fig is like, I had to be, I, I, it needed to be unpleasant. So they would keep sending you to me, um, which I still have take issue with, but there were plenty of times without, you know, letting Harry know who he was or there were plenty of times and plenty of ways for Dumbledore to step in and he didn't. But especially right. when he comes first year looking undergrown and super skinny and wearing baggy clothes, you know, and Hagrid has probably already told him like, he don't know shit. <laughs> and the Dursleys have drug him off to a hut in the middle of nowhere to prevent him from getting his acceptance letter like something should have been said then yeah for sure so yeah i just you know i don't blame i i i really i recognize what the dirt or what the weasleys were doing i don't blame um like remus for not saying anything before then um but for dumbledore to step in like Oh, and by the way, you know what I mean? It just felt really too little too late for me. Mm-hmm. It felt like it, it felt also felt like performative. Like, I don't think performative is the word. I don't know. Like, okay, so they've already heard it from the order. Well, it, I think they were, they did, it was two different conversations. One was if you come to talk, if you step to Harry and come at him wrong, then you have us to answer to. This one was, Thanks, but no thanks for your hospitality. It's a two, it's like, it's a slightly different, it's like calling them out on their like 
terrible behavior, but in different ways, I think. Yeah. Because Dumbledore is not threatening to do anything to them. He's just saying, like, wow, y'all are trash. Um, shout out to you fucking with your your son as well. That was pretty much it. Let's let's get into the actual chapter though, because yeah, I'm gonna. You had all that stuff, and that was a previously. We talked yeah. about that last week. <laughs> I still know about it, but I know gonna... clearly because I was like trying to speed through, and you just like I'm and another thing. I'm, I'm gonna have and to another have... thing and another thing. Okay, okay. chapter four, Horace Slughorn. Uh, Harry, so Harry and Dumbledore set off. Um, Harry feels awkward as they set down uh, as they go down Privet Drive because this is the first time that he and Dumbledore have had a conversation without like being in his office. Um, so it's kind of, and also the last time they saw each other, Harry like was wild and out, you know, he was real angry and he was destroying all of Dumbledore's possessions. So, um, he had feelings. He did. He had a lot of feelings and he needed to he channel his inner wizard team. <laughs> he needed to get them out by throwing shit around the room is what happened. Um, but Dumbledore is like, that's water under the bridge. He's not even thinking about that, probably. Um, and tells Harry to keep his wand at the ready, and that if there's an attack, he gives um, Harry permission to use any counterjinks or curse that might occur to him. So, I mean, and this is like a similar thing to Dumbledore doing magic in Privet Drive, where it's like, while the Ministry will... First of all, I don't think... like with, The Ministry doesn't reach out um, this time when Dumbledore's doing it, and I'm sure either because Dumbledore said something about him going to get Harry, and I feel like that's probably the case, it's just so like they're aware that there's no magic happening, like underage magic happening there. Um, and then in this case, like I don't know how much they can track underage magic, like like while while it's traveling. But either way, even if they were to like come at Harry, Dumbledore is there and like is a witness and has given him permission. So it doesn't I also matter. wonder just like how much time and resources they have to be tracking underage magic at this time in the wizarding world like not to say that they're just gonna like let it well there are different departments right so i feel like people aren't gonna stop doing their job just because there's a terrorist on the loose like the improper use of magic office is still doing their particular job yeah i just i don't know i i just feel like I don't know how true that is because as we've seen, like it, I don't trust the ministry to, well, no, I mean, they don't like, obviously they already don't do, they already don't track underage magic. Well, but I think because that is a rule, it's just like bringing up that because Dumbledore's there, it's probably moot anyway. Yeah. I also do like the idea of, I mean, Harry, got in trouble for protecting himself so now he's a little bit more gun shy because like Dumbledore is like in the event of an attack I give you permission mm-hmm. to use to use magic and last year Harry I feel like very quickly did the math of like I need to use magic because you know but now he's gun shy because of Dolores Jane Umbridge so Dumbledore says, I don't think you'll need to worry about being attacked tonight because you were with me, which is fair. Which is also, though, is like that kind of confidence in yourself, I guess. Or like, but also he's Albus Dumbledore, though, right? Like, so it's right. like, I, like I, it's not like he's just, it's not like it's misplaced or like yeah. it's like, he's like, you're with me. So I'm the only one Voldemort fears. So 
I know. It's just, to me, it, it, like, have you ever had those thoughts of like, I wonder what Beyonce thinks about actually being Beyonce? Mm-hmm. Like, how does your brain, you know, it's just one of the, I, that's how I read it. It was like, does Dumbledore realize that he's Dumbledore? Right. I, like I think he does. I feel like he definitely does. <laughs> but how does Dumbledore... your brain comprehend being no. Dumbledore? <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore definitely knows that he's Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely does. I'm just in awe, obviously. <laughs> so Dumbledore tells Harry that they're going to apparate to their next destination. Um, and Harry has never done this before. So we're now we're getting our um, new mode of transportation. Obviously, we've heard about apparating. Um, but now it's, you know, slightly different because we actually can see like what that looks like as opposed to just seeing people like arrive and disappear. Um, so Harry holds on to Dumbledore's arm and he feels Dumbledore's arm twist away from him and redoubles his grip. The next thing he knew, everything went black. He was being pressed very hard from all directions. He could not breathe. There were iron bands tightening around his chest. His eyeballs were being forced into his head. His eardrums were being pushed deeper into his skull. And then he gulped great lungfuls of cold night air and opened his streaming eyes. It took him a few seconds to realize that Privet Drive had vanished. They were now standing in what appeared to be a deserted village square. So, again, all magical transportation is the worst. Um, Just take a red eye. I mean, like, apparition is definitely the best of the options. And I think that's just because of the, the benefits of immediately being somewhere. Like, if it wasn't so fast, I would, I would say skip it. Right. But yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, Dumbledore says like, oh, it'll take some getting used to, but I feel like it's one of those things like once you do it once, you figured it out. You <laughs> just do it for the experience and then never do it again. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, Although I would I obviously wish I would that I could transition and do it all the time because I'm running late. Right. And I, I mean, I always wish that I could teleport just because yeah. like, the amount of sleep I could get in, just to, especially because, like, right oh. now I'm living with my mom and she lives far away from everything, so I could just teleport to the places I need to get to instead of having to commute. Like, be great. I just don't want it to feel like aberrating. I appreciate the fact, though, that like something that we always take for granted. Like, I always thought about teleporting in the Star Trek kind of like everything's lovely type of scenario, I guess, mm-hmm. but. I I appreciate the fact that like in J.K. Rowling's world, it's not easy. You know what I mean? It's like a very convenient thing. Yeah. But there's a cost to it, you know? But that's also all magical transportation. Like, I just feel like it's hilarious because, and we talked, we've talked about this. I feel like <laughs> recently. I think with well, the, uh, the last time was with recently. the Thestrals. Yeah, it was the Thestrals. Because I just feel like, and it's, I think it's just kind of like ironic, right? That like, like muggles came up with cars and like trains and like things that you know they're not as fast but they are more or less comfortable but but magic magic can't make <laughs> these things like, like feel nice as you're hurtling through a fireplace or taking a like a bus <laughs> like no bus yeah. that i've okay actually that's not true i've been on a couple buses that were reckless as fuck but like 
generally, no bus that I've ever been on is as ridiculous as the night bus. I mean, just like, have you been on some buses? Did they at least have like seats that were bolted? Yeah, down? at the very least, they had places you could hold on to. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Just, the, the driver might have been reckless, but you weren't flopping around. Exactly. Like, I might have, you know, to stumble a couple moments, but, but, like, I had something to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I just go back to, like, appreciating that irony in a way, because it, it is one of those things where it's, like, nothing comes for free, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a sacrifice. I don't like the kind of, the really <laughs> funny thing is that this is a series about magic, but, like, in Star Trek, at least, Every like technical, like it's magic via technology, like technology is magic type of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like all of a sudden you can just replicate food and water and like everything that you possibly need. And there's no like, hey, what are the like energy costs for that? Right. Or, mm-hmm. You know, like, so I do like that idea of there is some downside because that just seems more realistic to me that I would still be operating my ass everywhere. Right. Same. I mean, I definitely use it. Like, I think of the I'd be complaining. <laughs> Just like Bart. <laughs> like, yeah. Fucking, the thing is never clean. Why can't, they, why can't it be on time? It's always breaking down. Mm-hmm. Let me hop my ass back on. Only got one line going <laughs> away, like, just 15 gotta minutes. Wait, gotta wait train. 18 minutes for the next train. For what? But still. 30 minutes on the weekends and after wait. 7. So wait. <laughs> I hate the bar so much. Okay, that's not what this is about. Um, so, are you all right? Asked Dumbledore. The sensation does take time getting used to. I'm fine, said Harry, rubbing his ears, which felt as though they had left Privet Drive rather reluctantly. You should just be like, yo, that was wild, and I never want to do it again, but I'll probably do it again later. Especially David, like... like... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love the fact, though, that Harry is back in the... I'm fine. I can handle it. Don't worry about me type of thing. Mm -hmm. Although to be honest, like this is also one of those, like, cause I feel like everyone does this when it's stuff that's like my, like that's uncomfortable or like, but you're, but you're generally gonna, like, you know, you're gonna be okay. Like it was, you're like shit. Like me running around in Baltimore with my eye just watering all weekend (laughs) and like, it's not all up in my nose and shit. I'm like, I'm fine. It'll be fine. It's one of those little, like, don't worry about it. There's really nothing you could do about how uncomfortable I feel right now. So just, like, it's fine. Although I bet wizards never get allergies. Um, I want to go into the chat real quick because Julia said that it's another mode of magical transportation that's un- unpleasant. And Amani said, I'm assuming Wagabi students know how to operate the, wi- the right way and it's not as uncomfortable since they use vibranium wands. Which, <laughs> sir... But also, that, like, idea of, like, Waggity students doing how to operate the right way totally reminded me of uh, Doctor Who, when River's like, you leave the break off. <laughs> like, right. You've been just doing it wrong. He was like, what's, what's, what's up about that noise? The... the... <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Julia counters with all of our transport, transport sucks because Eurocentric wizards thought they had it down and have been doing it wrong for centuries. So the Wagadu head or the head cannon now is that Wagadu knows what's up. Just wanted to get that out there before we move on past transportation. Real. So sorry. Speaking of allergies. Speaking of, I was literally trying to think of like this really good insult slash like comparison thing. Like 
I hate you the way that Baltimore hates bite out of allergies. <laughs> and like, I can never go to Baltimore again. Like, I like, just don't. It to my head, like, literally last night when I was, like, passing out to go to sleep. And I was like, I gotta <laughs> figure that out so I can pull it out one day. Yeah. <laughs> I can never it. go to Baltimore in the spring ever again. Oh. It is a no. Because I'm still, I mean, like, this is a tangent or whatever. Like, California, like, I got back from Chicago and, like, immediately had allergies, but it was, like, mild, and I could deal with it, you know? And so now I'm, like, back from Baltimore, and it's back to mostly mild allergies, but my, like, I still have eczema around my eyes from that, and, like, <laughs> it's just the worst. I also think that, I just, I honestly think that this year allergies have been worse, because I don't typically have allergies, and I was, I've been feeling it, so. yeah. I haven't had them in like two years, so like my general regimen, I don't know what what to do. I'm just like (laughs) dying at all times. Sometimes I go to sleep and I can't breathe, and it's yeah, it's terrible. Anyways, (laughs) um, so now we get some like catch up time between Dumbledore and Harry. Dumbledore asks Harry if his scar has been hurting, and Harry says no. Um, He thought it would be burning all the time now that Voldemort was getting so powerful. Um, but Dumbledore thought otherwise because uh, Voldemort has finally realized the dangerous access to his thoughts and feelings that Harry has been enjoying. And it appears that he is now employing Aquanancy against Harry, which is good because Harry sucks at it, as we know. So at least somebody's... At least someone's doing it. Doing, yeah, somebody. The homework. <laughs> doing the work. Um, so then Harry also... Oh, Harry asks where they are, um, and it, Harry, Dumbledore says it's the charming village of Budley Babberton. That a really good location if you need one on Twitter. Alliteration. Um, I'm actually yes, doing it now. Yeah, way to go. Thank you. Thank yeah, you no problem. It's felt I like I should provide. You know what I'm saying? I have my same ones from like four years ago, but yeah. I feel like that's perfect. I've so been West Side Wakanda for a minute, so I can I can update. Good uh, alliteration. Okay. And then Dumbledore says, so Harry's like, so why are we here? And Dumbledore says, um, we, I have lost count of the number of times I've had to say this in recent years, but we are, once again, one member of staff short. Um, so they're can there I, to... make a quick tangent, as I want to do? Mm-hmm. So I went to put in Budley Babberton, and there's a Budley Falterton, England. Oh. So she just changed Falterton... To Babber- Babberton. Babberton. Because she was like alliteration. Yeah. And the English names of places are ridiculous in general. So yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. So they're in Budley Babberton to persuade an old colleague of Dumbledore to come out of retirement and return to Hogwarts. How can I help with that, sir? Asked Harry. Oh, I think we'll find use for you, said Dumbledore vaguely. Um, and then they go... They keep going down toward the houses. There's an odd chill that had lain over Privet Drive for uh, for two weeks. Also was um, here. So the Dementors are literally everywhere. They breeding, y'all. Yeah, that's all. The, that's, I wonder if it was like a raid or like um, an off or something. That would be lit. You know what I mean? Just like a yeah. spray can. Or like one of those like light. Oh, yeah. Like a light like a Patronus light that you just stick in your front yard, like flickers, you know, the, like the ones that keep the mosquitoes away. Mm-hmm. I'm about to come up big. In the wizarding world in 1996. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'm a little late. 
um, so Dumbledore asks, why couldn't we just, or sorry, Harry asks, why can we apparate directly to your, um, into your old colleague's house? And Dumbledore says, because it would be quite rude as, quite as rude as kicking down the front door. Courtesy dictates that we offer fellow wizards the opportunity to deny us entry. Um, in any case, most wizard dwellings are magically protected from unwanted apparators. At Hogwarts, for instance, you can't apparate anywhere inside the building or ground, said Harry. Hermione Granger told me. And she is quite right. And then Harry wonders why Dumbledore did not consider it rude to call um, so late, because it's midnight now. But I feel like Dumbledore knows that it goes down at midnight. Mm-hmm. After. So, or after. Well, like at midnight, around midnight. Around midnight. At, yeah. yeah. So he's like, it's the perfect time for wizards. Yeah. To ask about like professional things. Of course. I also think that it's really funny. So in this one fanfic that I read, they operate in like random like roads and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so because it's rude and it is rude to like just operate into someone's house, but you also just can't just operate in the middle of a street. Like, you have to kind of think about like a well covered space or a place, especially if you're not operating. Like if you're operating into like Godric's Hollow, which is a full wizard town, or Hogsmeade, it's cool. Just pop up in Town Square, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're operating to a Muggle, a mostly Muggle community, which is mostly everywhere, then you need to know or at least think about a place that is semi covered, mm-hmm. um, so that you don't get caught. Right. Maybe that's also why they travel so late. Because the streets right, are deserted. So, yeah. Because there's people are asleep. Because a similar thing happened when Dumbledore and Hagrid and McGonagall dropped off Harry too. It was like late. Yeah. Um, but also I just realized, and even though I'm pretty sure Snape's house, probably you can't operate into it. But Narcissa mm-hmm. and Bellatrix observe that courtesy as well. So it's like a kind of widely recognized thing. Um, whether you're a Nazi or not. Well, I also feel like if you just operated into my house, you would get stunned. Like, yeah, you know, because she got startled, right? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like no, I feel like it'd be hella rude. It's like, it's like Fred and I mean, remembering like Fred and George appering yeah. all up and down Grimall Place, like how stressful that was for everyone right. involved. So, right. yeah, I get it. But I, I just feel like too, like remembering that. And, rem- and knowing who I am as a person and how startled I get, like, some people would have gotten jinx. Yeah. But they would deserve it. Oh, totally. There would have been a lot of stunning spells just thrown about my house if they didn't observe the protocol. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, oh, okay. So, um, Dumbledore asks, or sorry, I keep saying Dumbledore when I mean Harry. I don't know why. Um, so Harry asks um, Dumbledore about Fudge being sacked, and Dumbledore, you know, tells Harry he's been <laughs> replaced. What? I just Connie popped in the chat like I don't really go here. Oh right. Meanwhile, <laughs> but my Brittany wand. And then just the way that she said, I don't really go here. <laughs> and Amani said, "Girl, who you fooling?" Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Connie <laughs> always goes here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> She's our managing editor now. Right. So she absolutely goes here at all times. <laughs> so uh Harry, so they they're talking about Rufus Scrimger. Um 
Harry asks Dumbledore if he thinks he's good, and Dumbledore says he's able, certainly a more decisive and forceful personality than Cornelius. Yes, but I meant, I know what you meant. Rufus is a man of action, and having fought dark wizards for most of his life did not underestimate Lord Voldemort. Harry waited, but Dumbledore did not say anything about the disagreement with Scrimger that, had, that the Daily Prophet had reported. And so he changes the subject, and they talk about Madame Bones dying, and then oh. Harry... So then, and then uh, Dumbledore points to like the direction they're going and hurts his hand. And Harry asks again, but Dumbledore says, I have no time to explain it now. It's a thrilling tale and I wish to do it justice. So about this hand, like I understand in, in this moment mm-hmm. why, Harry, why Dumbledore is not telling Harry. Um, but it's also one of those things where like every time Harry asks about it, Dumbledore like doesn't tell him in a way that makes us and like him think that Dumbledore will tell him later. Yep. And I can't decide if he was planning on telling Harry at some point in the same way that he was planning on telling Harry about the prophecy or if he's had no like intention of telling him at all. I don't think he had any intention of telling him. So there's two things here. One is that Dumbledore knows that he's dying. Right. And so I don't think that he wants to lie to Harry and at the most it would be a lie of mission, a mission because he could say, you know, I went, I got into a runner with a curse and my hand's cursed and it seems like my hand's dying, but the rest of me should be okay. Mm-hmm. Not true. Um, or, you know, some sort of combination or some variation on that. Or he tells Harry the whole truth, in which case Harry then does not have that reassurance of, which we're about to see in a couple of pages, like everything's fine because Dumbledore is around, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like, one, he's not over or have really dealt with the loss of Sirius and then having the knowledge that Dumbledore is dying. Yeah, that's going to fuck with him. Yeah, and it would have also made him lose a lot of resolve like he would have just thought we lost the fight already there's mm-hmm. no point in trying which is a problem as well and i'm sure we'll he- amani's typing in the ether somewhere but like it's a problem of that we've talked about too of having put dumbledore up on this pedestal of hogwarts is the safest place in the wizarding world because dumbledore is here so then when dumbledore leaves everyone's like oh shit you know um <laughs> got no protection Right, we don't have anything to fear as long as Dumbledore is around. Like, there's just all of these numerous times in which, like, those kinds of statements are made, and he doesn't, again, like we opened the podcast with, like, Dumbledore knows he's Dumbledore. Um, But he should do some, I don't know what the right word is, I guess, like, expectation adjustment. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't really do that. And so at this point, it's too late. You know, he's dying. Mm-hmm. And he's never set the expectation of, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not always going to be around to save the day. You know, the people are sending their kids back to Hogwarts solely on Dumbledore is the only one Voldemort's ever feared. Like, <laughs> that's why kids are... Yeah, and, I, and I think that, like, and obviously we don't really see, like, the story, like, how we get to that point. If you know, you know what I mean? Of like Voldemort being the only one Dumbledore fears and like that becoming um, like common knowledge and everyone kind of like 
putting Dumbledore on this pedestal. Um, we don't really see the process of that happening. It's just already that way when when Harry is like introduced to the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, yeah, I don't, it's just like an interesting thing. And I wonder how much Dumbledore in the past has tried to like push back on that. Or just even just, I feel like, I feel like if he's not pushing back, he's at least, he's mostly, like, just ignoring it, you know what I mean? Like, in the same way, like, we talk about him talking about, I never sought out power and all that kind of stuff, where it's like, again, he knows he's Dumbledore, he knows he has this power, um, and so I wonder, or at least it seems as if he is kind of ignoring the fact that he does, in some ways. Yeah, and I think that all of that is fine. Um, when it comes to certain things, but when you, when you're at a school, like when you're supposed to be teaching children or teaching anyone, you, you have to get them to the point where they're able to stand on their own. Um, and so that's where, and I don't know like how much of it is, and it's not all Dumbledore's fault, right? Cause at a certain point, like. And this isn't this doesn't go for Harry, but like at a certain point, some of these people are goddamn adults, and they should not be putting him up on this <laughs> this type of pedestal. But I I feel like when it got when it gets to the point where people are banking on the fact that Dumbledore is the only person that Voldemort ever feared, and they're saying that as like an explanation for a lot of the reasons why they make the decisions they make, you need to. You need to start being like, okay, but I'm only one dude. I don't know why. I think because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts or something. But it kind of reminds me of when Barack Obama was given the Nobel Peace Prize. And his entire speech was like, y'all, I just, I haven't done anything. Right. (laughs) What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, I don't deserve this because I haven't done anything. And there are probably going to be some times where I make decisions that are not going to advance peace because I'm the fucking president. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when (laughs) Dumbledore would have been able to do that. I don't know when, maybe when he got his order of Merlin revoked and then, (laughs) and then got, you know, they gave it back to him or something. He could have written some sort of like, I am, not the end all be all of what's going to save the wizarding world and thinking that is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So then Harry says, or sorry, Dumbledore says, this keep mixing it up and that's just what's going to happen. So Harry brings up that, um, of the ministry of magic leaflet that he got. Um, and Dumbledore asks if he fi- found it useful. And Harry says, not really. And Dumbledore said, no, I thought not. You have not asked me, for instance, what is my favorite favor of jam? To check that I am indeed Professor Dumbledore and not an imposter. Does I didn't jam Dumbledore count as candy Dumbledore? Because I like him. Yeah. Are they like first cousins or are they just like the same? I think it's probably the same. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, for future reference, Harry, it is raspberry. Although, of course, if I were a Death Eater, I would have been sure to research my own jam preferences before impersonating myself. Which That's also fair. is like if you were a, if you were a good Death Eater because we've seen. I mean, they chose to follow Voldemort's ass. He got got by a one year old, and then sixteen <laughs> years later, we're still here. 
So they wouldn't have run. They wouldn't have researched. No, Voldemort. <laughs> researched fucking Voldemort and been like, dude, you seventy, you ain't got no nose, you ain't got no eye, like ears, you ain't got no cartilage. I'm gonna go home. It's a problem that I just will go to my grave ranting and raving about. Yeah, Voldemort's not as as scary as you think he is. Don't you realize? That he's a seventy-year-old man who could have lived a healthy, long life if he had just chilled the fuck out. Chilled the fuck out, and then also got a gym membership to a child multiple times at different ages. Like, okay, maybe the first time hubris got you. We've learned a lot about hubris the last couple of days, but the second time, the third time. The fourth time, and he still ain't got reached puberty yet. Nope. What are we doing? Nope. Nothing at all. Why are we even here? And then she sips tea, which is probably water, but it's in a mug, so I'm. But it's definitely water because I have to hydrate after all that sneezing. Um, what's that? I don't know what that is. (laughs) It's what I try to do so that I don't have a headache and can't breathe after. Yeah, I all of the fluids that are leaking out of my <laughs> facial orifices. Um, so this, like, it's so funny because I'm talking about my allergies. Like, they're much worse than they are right now. They definitely like. Seems like you felt okay about them. I'm okay for now. <laughs> um. Okay. So they get to. Oh no! First, um, Harry asks about in in Ferry. And, and, and asks what they are. And Dumbledore says they are corpses, dead bodies that have been bewitched to do a dark wizard's bidding. Um, like they have not been seen for a long time, not since Voldemort was last powerful. He killed enough people to make an army of them. Um, so they're magical zombies, and it is a no from Wizard Team. It's As a, a brand, no. Wizard Team TM. It's a it's no from no us. It's a no from me, dog. It's a no. Like. Also, again, going back to the Death Eaters and their poor choices, like, Homeboy can make an army of corpses. So why do you need me? Well, I guess a corpse can't, like, be a spy in the Ministry of Magic. Well, you know what? (laughs) I think that's probably the only reason why. (laughs) Corpses don't have jobs, so they can't provide finances. I just feel like... (laughs) I, I personally just feel like you you can outsource this. Um, <laughs> Tell me when you're done. Yeah. A, um, a Death Eater that joins after he has proven that he is immortal. Okay, I got it. I get it. The rest of y'all. It don't make no sense. Um, so they come up on the house. Um, and Dumbledore stops dead. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear, dear. The front door is hanging off the hinges. Um, Harry, uh, Dumbledore says, wands out and follow me, Harry. Um, and they go into the house. Um, the scene, a scene of total devastation met their eyes. There's a grandfather clock laying splintered at their feet. Um, a piano on its side, wreckage of a fallen chandelier glittered, cushions lay deflated, feathers oozing from slashes in their sides. Fragments of glass and china lay like powder over everything. Dumbledore raised his wand even higher so that light was thrown upon the walls. There was something darkly red and gluttonous um, was 
splattered over the wallpaper. Not pretty, is it? Is it? Said Harry. Uh, sorry, said Dumbledore heavily. Yes, something horrible has happened here. Um, maybe there was a fight and, and they dragged him off, Professor? Harry suggested. I don't think so, said Dumbledore. You mean he's still here somewhere? Yes. And without warning, Dumbledore swooped, plunging the tip of his wand into the seat of an overstuffed armchair, armchair which yelled, Ouch! Good evening, can't, Horace, said Dumbledore. Can't wait to do that uh, to Diana one day. Poke me in the stomach with a wand? When you try to hide from me. Yeah, I said it. Keep going. <laughs> Just keep moving. Don't dwell on it. Okay. Where a split second before there had been an armchair, there now crouched an enormously fat, bald old man who was massaging his lower belly and squinting up at Dumbledore with an aggrieved and watery eye. There was no need to stick the wand in that hard, he said. It hurt. Um, what gave it away, he asked. My dear Horace, said Dumbledore, if the Death Eaters really had come to call, the dark mark would have been set over the house. The wizard clapped a pudgy hand on his forehead. The dark mark knew there was something. Ah, well, wouldn't have had time anyway. I'd only just put the finishing touches um, on my upholstery when you entered the room. Um, would you like my assistance clearing up? Asked Dumbledore. Please. Um, and so they stand back to back and um, basically put everything back in its place. And I will say, like, if from the movie, this is actually one of my favorite scenes. I like we get to see that. Um, I don't remember that, but all right. Yeah, they they like they have a moment where they like put it all back together, and then there's like a part I, of the chandeliers under Harry's shoe, and then he has to move it, and it like, okay, on the chandelier. Yeah, it's cute. I've only seen the movie like once. That's so. fair. Um, but yeah, no, it's just you know, every once in a while, the movies will. Is that before or after they burn down the burrow? It's obviously before. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the burrow yet, so. <laughs> they hadn't gotten to the burrow at all in the book. They just burned That's it not down. True. That's not true. When were they supposed to have burned down the burrow? Christmas. Instead of just uh, talking like regular people and having a nice, quiet one with uh, Molly singing Celestina Warbeck. Whatever. But, um, so, what kind of blood was that? Incidentally, asked Dumbledore. It was dragon blood. Um, my last bottle and the prices are sky high at the moment. Still, it might be reusable. I hope that is a uh, fair trade and, again, not being taken from live dragons. Oh my god, could you imagine? No, it should be, be being taken from live dragons. What if you could just collect just, dragons? As long as it's harmless. Yeah. Like, like, um, like a blood bank. Mm -hmm. You know, they take a certain small amount I just had a really gross thought. The dragons lay eggs. But we lay eggs. Never mind. Just <laughs> don't. I'm going to skip it. I'm going to mm -hmm. skip it. If you really want to know, tweet at me on Wednesday. I'll let you know what I was thinking. But you probably don't want to know. I don't even know what I already know. I don't want to know. What is that? In periods. Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> in my head. Oh my god! Look, a monthly time when dragons are bleeding <laughs> in a in a way that it's not harmful oh to the dragon. Oh my gosh! I mean, they're uh -oh. gonna do it anyway. Uh, that was not the direction that you were going at all. Oh my goodness! I'm just, 
I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you need dragon blood. You don't want to harm the dragons. It's so facto. Oh my god. Like that shit once a month. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> um. Shut up, girl. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let's move on from that. I like Luna trying to growl drinks. at me and then whines. Like, choose one. Either way. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Daya. Daya said she's too tired for this. Yeah. Everyone's too tired for this. <laughs> No one was prepared for that. There's no, there's no world where anyone has had enough rest to be ready for that. <laughs> Welcome to my head. It's scary up here. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, dude's eyes fall on Harry. Oh-ho, he says. Oh-ho. This, said Dumbledore, is Harry Potter. Harry, this is an old friend and colleague of mine, Horace Slughorn. Um, Slughorn turned to Dumbledore. So that's how you thought you persuade me, is it? Well, the answer is no, Albus. I suppose we can have a drink at least, asked Dumbledore, for old time's sake. All right, then, one drink. Um, and so they sit down. Harry took the seat, or took the seat that Dumbledore offers him with the distinct impression that Dumbledore, for some reason, wanted to keep him as visible as possible. Um, so Harry kind of knows that something's up, doesn't really know what's up, but because it's Dumbledore, he's like, whatever. I'm game. Let's do this. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, and then ah, my ears are like stopped up. Okay, anyway. Um, well, how have you been keeping Horace? Not so well. Weak chest. Um, wheezy. Rheumatism, too. Can't lose <laughs> like I used to. Well, that's to be expected. Old age. Fatigue. This life is like <laughs> not about this life at all. This is literally like um, Fred Sanford. He's like always faking a heart attack. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm on my last legs. <laughs> if anyone is as big of a Jane Austen nerd as I am, it's like Mrs. Um, Bennett. He's always talking about her poor nerves. Right. <laughs> her head. She can't do it. She might die. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, uh, I'm going to be that old person. Just get ready. In like five years. In like five minutes. Because <laughs> I swear, oh God, I was at a picnic yesterday and I was like, I have to go to bed. Like, I have to. And my friend was like, no, you're spinning. And I was like, no, I got to go. And then I went to bed at 9.30. That's about the time I went to bed last night. Actually, it's a lie because Ami was scream crying. It's like 10 o'clock. Went to bed at like 9.30 and woke up at like 8.45 and was mad that about sounds it. Like, sounds like a win to me, but like, you know, maybe not. Um, uh, okay, and yet you moved fairly quickly to prepare such a welcome for us in such short notice. You said, Dumbledore, you can't have had more than three minutes warning. Two, said Slughorn, didn't hear my intruder charm go off. I was taking a bath. Still, the fact remains, I'm an old man, Albus. A tired old man who's earned the right to a quiet life and a few creature comforts. 
um, you're not yet as old as I am, Horace. Well, maybe you ought to think about retirement yourself. Um, okay. And then he looks at Dumbledore's hand and is like, uh, oh. re- reactions, not what they were. Not what they were, I see. You're quite right, said Dumbledore. I am undoubtedly slower than I was. But on the other hand, he shrugged and spread his hands wide as though to say age had his compensations. And Harry noticed a ring on his uninjured hand um, that he had never seen Dumbledore wear before. So, aha. Harry be clocking his man's. Harry is very. He, 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 like all of us, he is waiting with bated breath. <laughs> For the new fashions that Dumbledore's come, he's just like Dumbledore's coming. I'm trying to see what what's going Dumbledore on here. Dumbledore at the Met Gala. Yeah. Can we next year have a Met Gala thing? Let me write Anna Wintour to, tomorrow. Let me get let me get Rihanna on the phone. I just about you know fashions of the Wizarding World cloaks only. Mm-hmm. Cloaks on cloaks on cloaks. <laughs> yep. Yep. Show out. Yep. Whew. Um, Harry don't pay attention to nothing but go notice oh that's I mean, a ring I haven't seen before he's a fashion icon I just feel like <laughs> you know but also like we have to know that he has this ring you know cause again aha it's a, ho- it's a hollow slash X horcrux so you know it's Wait. important for us to know or to like for it to be pointed out to us dang it but you know I had a note that we skipped but we like really skipped it now. Oh no, we haven't skipped. No, okay, I'm fine. I'm lost. It's cool. Okay, <laughs> continue. Um. All right. So yeah. So that's a hollow slash horcrux. Hollow, whatever. A um, hollow, a hollow and a horcrux. Yep. Both um, and. So all the precautions against intruders, Horace. Are they for the Death Eaters' benefits or mine? What would the Death Eaters want with a poor, broken-down old buffer like me, demanded Slughorn. I imagine they'd want, you, they'd want you to turn your considerable talents into coercion, torture, and murder, said Dumbledore. Are they really telling me they haven't come recruiting yet? I haven't given them the chance. I've been on the move for a year. Never stay in one place more than a week. So Slughorn found, heard from Dumbledore in, in that, that Voldemort was back. And the and ministry was on. Him. He was like, I'm ready. He said, fuck. <laughs> The Lady Prophet, <laughs> fuck the ministry. I am not. Re- I don't want these problems. I'm on the run now. But not once did he go on the run to America, Mm-mm. to Jamaica, and get his groove back. I just <laughs> don't understand if you can apparate. Well, you can't. Off. You're not supposed to apparate, or you you can't apparate. I don't think you can apparate that far. Hermione apparated her ass from London to Los Angeles. Yeah, but even when that happened, even though again, this is uh. Fan, this is fan fiction, but like shout out to Hermione Granger in the Quarter Life Crisis. When that happened, um, they they were like, "You apparated here from London," and then Harvardy was like, "Oh, well, it's Hermione." So that's different. True, but uh, like two good hops, Horace. Take or just take a plane. Home. Just get on a plane. Which would actually make more sense because if you're going incognito, Muggle travel is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. your ass on a cruise line. You know they have them like worldwide, like luxurious cruises. Let me tell you where I'm. No, let me not tell you if any of you guys decide to turn to the dark arts, <coughs> Amani. But damn, I feel like that was. <laughs> Who's coming oh. after me? Of all the of all the witches and wizards on the team, 
I don't think Amani would come after you. I'd try to come after I don't think him. he cares enough. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust him, but I'm saying. I feel like he would be chilling. I feel like that's the last <laughs> thing he cares about is where you're going to be. Okay, well, <laughs> when Voldemort 2.0 or 3.0, since we've already had Voldemort 2.0, and she decided to flap her wings like a bird, because that made sense. Uh, um, I don't know what, <laughs> what, what this is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna take my ass on a luxurious cruise. I'm gonna just hop from cruise ship to cruise ship. They're terrible for the environment, but I'm sure they're the best place to hide from Death Eaters. Voldemort's ass ain't like mm. which United Cruise Line or whatever. I don't know the cruise line names. Dolphin. Which Disney cruise do you think Horace Slughorn is on right now? Find <laughs> him. To Atlantis. I feel like if they, if the Death Eaters weren't going to Albania to find Voldemort, they're not going to be traveling around the oceans to find Horace Slughorn. No. no, Not at all. Yeah. There's no homing beacon like, oh, no. Are we still doing Thanos spoilers? It's only been two weeks, so and not okay. even two weeks, so no spoilers. It feels like eight years. I know, but no spoilers. So much Maybe next happen. week. Well, then my analogy is gone. So let's okay, cool. Then let's move on. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he's uh, he's been moving from Muggle House to Muggle House. Um, the owners of the place that they're in now um, live are on a holiday in the Canary Islands. It's been very pleasant. I've been, I'll be sorry to leave. Um, you have to do it. Basically, all he has to do is put a freezing charm on the alarm and then... Um, and then make sure the neighbors don't spot you bringing in the piano. So it seems pretty simple. You're on the run, dude. Put the piano in a storage unit. And Why can't he bring his piano? It fits Why? in there. Why you need it? Travel light. Hermione Granger said, if it can't fit into this purse, which is undetectable extension charm, it don't go. Peace. I feel like it's been working for him so far. But I mean, okay. Maybe but then you can't turn around and talk about how old and feeble you are. You <laughs> traveling with a piano. <laughs> true. That's very true. Um, ingenious, said Dumbledore. But it sounds rather tiring. Sounds a rather tiring existence for a broken down old buffer in search of a quiet life. Now, if you were to return to Hogwarts, if you're going to tell me my life would be more peaceful at that pestilential school... You can save your breath, Albus. I might have been in hiding, but some funny rumors have reached me since Dolores Umbridge left. That's how you treat your teachers these days. Professor Umbridge ran afoul of our centaur, of our centaur horde. Heard, sorry, said Dumbledore. I think our. you, I think you, Horace. I think our in terms of like on Hogwarts grounds. Forever. I get it, but, but yeah, I'm no, it's still yeah. Um, I think you, Horace would have known better than to have shied into the forest and call, call a horde of angry centaurs filthy half-breeds. That's what she did, did she? Said Slughorn. Idiotic woman. Never liked her. Same. Accurate. Same, but also, like, she went from poor Dolores to right? woman. Never <laughs> because liked he her. was like, wow, what happened to her? And he's like, oh, well, you know, that's fine. That's on her. That's Whatever. not like personal problem. <laughs> um, like, yo. Yeah. 
Um, and then Harry laughs, and they both look at him, and he's like, sorry, I, I just didn't like her either. Um, and then Dumbledore stands rather suddenly. Are you leaving? asked Slughorn. No, I was wondering whether I might use your bathroom, he said. Oh, said Slughorn, clearly disappointed. Like, he really does not want Dumbledore here. I need you out, fam. Yeah. I was like, let's not. No good can come of you being here. I've been laying low for a year. I need you gone. Yeah, but I just feel like you had to move. I mean, I guess maybe with magic it's a little bit easier, but 52 times in a year, you have to pick up and move. That just seems like I I would go to Hogwarts. That's because he's proactive. Like, I don't True. Think he had to move every week. He was just like, gotta keep him on their toes. Gotta don't catch me slipping. <laughs> they yeah. ready? Don't have to get ready. True. So, Still, I just feel like you know, um, Hogwarts is safer and easier, and yeah. But I also like love this. Like, <clears throat> I don't know, like Dumbledore's ability to read a situation. Like, Harry chuckles, and they have a little moment, and he's like, I'm a dip now. Yeah. Here's my chance. I'm out. Mm-hmm. So, Dumbledore leaves the room, um, and after a few moments, Slughorn gets to his feet and seems uncertain what to do with himself. Um, don't think I don't know why he's brought you here, Slughorn said. Um, and Harry <laughs> merely looks at Slughorn. Because even he doesn't really know. Like, he knows, yeah. but he's also, he kind of knows, and he's like, well, whatever. At this point, he's kind of surmised why he's here, but, like, at the same time. Right. But also, you know, Harry ain't a Ravenclaw, so he's still like, where's my wand, Tom? Right. Like, and he also doesn't really have, like, a... Like, I guess, like, he they he needs a new teacher. Right. But, but like, he doesn't really have, like, a real stake in this, you know what I mean? He's just yeah. kind of like, whatever. I'm the star student. We're here on a recruiting mission. Okay. Right. But doesn't understand... Slughorn, like what a star student means to Slughorn, which we need to get into in a minute. Uh-huh. Um, so you look very much like your father, Slughorn says. I've been told, except for your eyes, you've got my mother's eyes. Yeah, Harry heard it so often he found it weary. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have favorites as a teacher, of course. In this case, I want to reach out to our teacher team members and say, y'all got favorites, don't you? I know you got favorites. I have faith. Why are you trying to book, put them out in the street like that? You don't have to tell us, but you can just like, you know, give us a wink and a nod. Let them do them. Uh, okay. But she was one of mine, your mother, Lily Evans, one of the brightest I ever taught, vivacious, charming girl. I used to tell her she ought to have been in my house. Very cheeky answers I used to get back to, which was your house. I was head of Slytherin, said Slughorn. Oh, now, he said quickly, as the expression on Harry's face. Um, seeing the expression on Harry's face and wagging a stubby finger at him. Don't go holding that against me. You'll be Gryffindor like her, I suppose. Yes. It usually goes in families. Not always, though. Ever heard of Sirius Black? You must have done. Been in the papers for the last couple of years. Died a few weeks ago. And it was as though an invisible hand had twisted Harry's intestines and held them tight. So it's it's interesting to me that Slughorn doesn't know that, like, there's a relationship there. And like, maybe, you know, he's been on the run, but I also, I know like maybe people wouldn't, I guess thinking back on like prisoner of Azkaban and when Harry found, and the way that Harry found out that Sirius was his godfather, like it's not something that people really talk about or think about or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I would think that like, 
given the circumstances of Sirius's death and like the fact that they were kind of there together and it's very clear that Sirius was innocent like for some reason they figured out that the prophecy that, that the Death Eaters were going to get a prophecy that was about Harry but like no one figured well, out Well I will say this though is that Horace makes a point of saying that he's and I don't know if he makes a point yet but he's not he was never in the Order of the Phoenix and Harry finds out that Sirius was his godfather from I'm gonna get this mixed up with the movie but McGonagall correct? Say it again. McGonagall is the one he over here saying that, right? McGonagall or Fudge? Uh, yeah, it's one of them. But um, McGonagall is definitely in the Order of the Phoenix. Um, and Fudge would have known that because, you know, he spent all this time falsely accusing him of murder. So mm-hmm. he knows, like, those details. I don't think people outside of the Order would have known that Sirius was his godfather. And knowing that Sirius is really close to James and Lily doesn't translate that Harry would know that because of course they, they passed away and then Sirius wasn't well, dead. Well, not that, I mean, maybe you wouldn't know specifically Godfather, but like Harry but would at was. least know Sirius because they were both in the Department of Mi- in the Mysteries at the same time, very clearly on the same side. Um, but I mean, you know, these kind of things happen too. Like it's not, I'm not yeah. necessarily blaming Slughorn for not like, yeah. Well, it's more just interesting to me that like some of the information is like also lost. not all of us have steel traps of mind so he probably read it and didn't retain that right so um anyway so the black family the whole black family had been in my house but Sirius ended up in Gryffindor shame he was a talented boy I got his brother Regulus when he came along but I'd like to have the set he's talking about gross. people gross not stickers, not action figures. I personally would like to have the set of Harry Potter Funkos. I would like the set of Black Panther Funkos. I have to get Omni Gen now that I think about it. There is a dude in my building who I have not really seen before, but I've seen him twice. And he is in Baku's dick. And he's oh, really? Dog. Yes. This is interesting. And I know that I couldn't hide, I told y'all how tired I was yesterday. The first time I saw him was yesterday because I was coming in and he was going out and I was like, hmm. Hmm. where do you come from? I didn't say that, but I thought it and it was probably all over my face. And then I saw him again today and I was like, with a dog. And I was like, hmm. interesting. Hello. Yes. I'll do some more detective work. Yeah. Yeah. Investigation. Be, yeah. yeah. There'll be dead drops in my future. More information. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> He'd like to have the set of humans, mm-hmm. of students. He wanted to collect them all. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. So can we talk about Horace now or should we wait a little bit longer until Dumbledore breaks it down for us? Some well, we talk about him. Well, we do. Well, like, hold up. Let's go. Let's go a little bit further. Okay. Um. So your mother was Muggleborn, of course. Couldn't believe it when I found out. Thought she might have been pure blood. She was so good. One of my best friends is Muggleborn, said Harry, and she's the best in our year. First of all, Hermione motherfucking Granger. Say her name. Put some respect on it. You know. Yes. That's the end of the chapter. That's all we needed to know. Thank you. Um. Funny how that um, happens sometimes, isn't it, said Fluckhorn. Not really, said Harry coldly. 
Um, and Slughorn looks down in surprise. You mustn't think I'm prejudiced. No, no. Haven't I just said that your mother is one of my all-time favorite students? So really quickly, um, that's the one of my best friends is black situation. Yeah. But it's also, though, it does make sense that you would say, funny how that happens, just because of the fact that when we, like, if you go back to the first year, um, and how much more Ron just knew about the world because he grew up in it. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's this, like, political cartoon of, like, um, a black woman and a white man at a starting line. And she's got a weight tied to her ankle and all of these, like, obstacles. And he's got a straight path. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're all, you know, we're all starting at the same place, right? As not acknowledging, like, all of the hurdles and things that, like, m- marginalized people have to go through. Mm-hmm. And the thing that that is, this, in a way, is him recognizing, like, you you have an 11 year head start <laughs> just in like the understanding of magic and what it is and there are like you know um school is two things it's learning like out of books and like that kind of formal education but it's also socialization and all that other stuff and so if you're coming at coming from a disadvantage it does make sense that people from pure blood families would perform better. Right. Also the fact that as we've talked about, like the trace is crap. So if you go home to a magical family, you can probably practice over the breaks. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Harry Potter and Hermione Granger can't, maybe that's why Hermione's always at the Weasley's. You get her homework in. Right. That's possible. Um, so then he mentions Dirk Cresswell, who's also a Muggleborn um, and is now the head of the Goblin Liaison Office. Um, very gifted student who still gives me excellent information, inside information on the going goings on at Gringotts. Um, just uh, like this is he's mentioned now, um, but he also shows up in Deathly Hollows when he's on the run for being a Muggleborn um, with Grip Grip Hook, uh, Ted Tonks. Dean Thomas and one other uh, goblin. So, mm-hmm. look out for also that. Also, the, the head of the goblin liaison office. So I think I believe he like speaks goblin too. Gobbly gook. Gob- yes, gobbly thank you. Gobbly gook. Um, and then also though, like the going inside information on the guys on the Gringotts, he just admitted to um, insider trading. Well, Lock who him knows up. if he acts Lock on it. <laughs> Lock him up. Um, Lock so him then, up. so then he um, goes over to the many glittering photograph frames on his dresser. Um, each people with tiny every boxes. week, and yet he is displaying his yeah, photos. Has, has his, his altar, his uh, shrine to his ex pupils, um, all signed. Um, you'll notice Barnabas Cuff, editor of the Daily Prophet, who should be sacked by now, but probably isn't. Um, I He's, literally have a note of, like, how long? <laughs> Is he new? Did he just get here? Are we celebrating this dude? Exactly. Um, he's always interested to hear my take on the day's news. Um, Ambrosius Flume of Honeydukes. Let's just also acknowledge the um, names here. Amazing. Ambrosius. Um, yeah. And Ambrosius gives Horace a hamper of... Uh, a hamper every birthday, all because he was able to give him an introduction to Ciceron Parkis, um, who gave him his first job. And then there's Gwynoch Jones, the captain um, of the Hollyhead Harpies. And possibly the only one 
Batman that we've heard mentioned, but after Lily? Yeah. Possibly. I'm not yeah. 100% sure, but... Yeah. Um, but I think we've heard... I guess there's two. Yeah. Um, so, people are always astonished to hear that I'm on first-name terms with the Harpies and free tickets whenever I want them. Um, and then Harry says, um, and all these people still know where to find you to send you stuff? Um, and the smile slides from Hug- Slughorn's face. Of course not. I have... I have been out of touch with everybody for a year. That's um, a long time. It is a long time. Um, I mean, but also, relative, I could probably be out of touch with people for a year and not notice, but I'm me. But someone like Slughorn, that seems like a long time. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so like it's very clear, you know, he he's clearly like collecting people and he likes to be in the know and he likes to feel like he's influencing things um without actually having to do much work. work yeah <laughs> because he's a potion master like he does one particular thing um and then he just kind of collects these other people who he thinks are talented in whatever way so that when they get into situations he can just be like oh yeah i helped them get there i introduced right. them and to that awesome one person potion master e and like the thought process he's collecting all these different ingredients to put together the potion of an influential and important life mm-hmm. um, for okay, himself. Robin. I see. I know. I read the chapter okay. beforehand, so okay. I talked stuff. Touch your shoulder off. All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's like a. It, it. It's. It's also. Besides the fact of just the way he talks about it being gross, it raises this point of like nepotism, and as a teacher, like only really paying attention to students who seem like they can help you in a way, mm-hmm. which is like, he doesn't, you know, he, I will kind of see with Neville a little bit um, and Ron even like showing a little bit of interest in them because of their family name. But once he realizes like where they're at with like the subject or whatever, kind of dismissing them as opposed to saying like, Oh, maybe if I help, nurture them they could be great right but we don't really get that no he goes from people who he already like acknowledges has something yes and it could be different things but it's like you have some kind of influence already or you're really smart or you like but he doesn't do anything to help foster that in them so i also Mm -hmm. wonder how much of this plug club is um reciprocated like, yeah, I'll give you a hamper on your birthday. That's because you're always calling and bugging me. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. here's this thing. Or is um, Homeboy from the Daily Prophet really calling him to get to understand his take on the day's names? Or is Horace Slughorn calling him or writing him and being like, so I have an idea. I have the have opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, because as a student, I would assume that you would have more um, loyalty or affinity for the teachers that really helped you grow. And it doesn't seem like Slughorn does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on. And maybe, maybe some people in certain situations. Yeah. You know but what I mean? He's already deemed them worthy of... Right. 
you know, and they've already kind of proven themselves. Mm-hmm. But they have to do that first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Slughorn says, still the prudent wizard keeps his head down in such times, all very well for Dumbledore to talk. But taking up a post at Hogwarts just now would be tantamount to declaring my public allegiance to the Order of the Phoenix. And while I'm sure they are very admirable and brave and all the rest of it, I don't personally fancy the, motal- the mortality rate. Um, so, again, like, this is, again, like, our first kind of Slytherin who's not outright, like, one-dimensionally evil. Um, but we do see other kind of, like, and it, at the same time, he's not, like, I mean, he's on the right side, but he's still, like, not a great person. Um, but part of it, too, is, like, we see, like, he's very self-preserving. Um, he's, he is ambitious in the way that he collects people. Um, it's kind of a different kind of ambition than other ones that we see. But really, his main thing is that he's self-preserving. He's like, I would rather not, because I know that seems dangerous. And that's, uh, like, all good and well for y'all and your little noble cause or whatever. But I'm going to be over here. Which um, I personally respect. Like, I don't think that you have to be... No, you know, I don't think so I at mean, all. This was, I like, we could have avoided a whole bunch of shit if Peter would have just realized this ain't for me. I'm going to go into hiding. Mm-hmm. And mind my own goddamn business. Mm-hmm. And that's what Slughorn did. Right. As opposed to trying <laughs> and failing miserably at being down. Right. You don't got to lie to kick it. Right. Sometimes you and don't maybe that is it. the Gryffindor part of Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Is that he is like doubles down on whatever thing he's doing like he just is not really thinking things through and then ends up in a situation he's like well shit (laughs) i spent 30 years as a rat (laughs) or 15 or whatever yes i am here now yep now Um, i'm taking orders drink orders from snape exactly well (laughs) if death wasn't better than this i don't know (laughs) um (laughs) Uh, you don't have to join the order to teach at Hogwarts, said Harry, who could not keep the note of derision out of his voice. It was hard to sympathize with Slughorn's uh, co- uh, existence um, when he remembered Sirius crouching in a cave and living on rats. Um, so, like, I get, like, that's also fair, right? Like, he's like, well, you know, other people on the run are definitely not as, it's not as glamorous as this. But right. also, this is dumb, this is, sorry, this is Harry's Gryffindor coming out, too, right? Like, his values are much different than Slughorn's and so Slughorn is you know talking about like oh yeah I'd, I'd rather not die for some shit that I don't like like I care about, about me yeah, more or less like I don't need to be doing nothing about it and so Harry um as a Gryffindor is like what no you're awful you know what I mean what it's just mean? like different. Not gonna die. right you're not gonna die for your friends for the muggles right and meanwhile, Slughorn's um, like, I don't really know them like that, though. Right. I'm pure blood. <laughs> I'm- <laughs> but exactly. I, there's, there's something to each point of view, which is for Harry, and like for I don't want to say this out loud, but for me too, for a certain, like in a certain fashion, like, if you're not resisting, you're compliant. Mm-hmm. You know? In a certain fashion, which is to say, you don't have to be reckless and you don't have to be living on off wraps or whatever, but you could be using your connections with the daily prophet to be like, Hey, y'all are off the mark on this whole Voldemort aim back Dumbledore crazy 
Harry Potter is like looking for fame and glory shit. Like mm-hmm. you could be using your influence to be like, what are you doing, fam? Right? And like calling the Hollyhead Harpies to be like, hey guys, you know what I mean? Like, right. You don't have to go step outside yourself or go above and beyond. But you, you don't have to join the Order of the Phoenix. Like, right. nobody's asking you to do that. Right. And so, I mean, I think on the one hand, like, Slughorn is doing, he's not partaking in the death, like, he's not a death eater, right? And he's not, like, death to muggles and muggle-borns and everything. But he also isn't doing even, like, using his talent and his power to resist them. Mm-hmm. Just letting it play out. He's also and, not like it's not like he puts all these protections on this house and then leaves. When he when he leaves, it's not like he leaves the, the magic the thing. Right? Yeah, like, he's not protecting he's, muggles. No, he's protecting himself. Right. So I think that there is like something to Harry's idea of like I knew Amon was going to call me a Gryffindor. Dollar rude, but. There's something to Harry's argument of, like, you could be doing something. Right. Um, but there's also something to Slughorn's argument of, like, but it ain't gotta be that. Mm-hmm. You okay? Yeah, I just thought I heard something. You heard Aminata. Nope, because nobody's here. So. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's a ghost. Probably. What's up, Peeves? Guys, <laughs> I hope it's a ghost rather than like somebody in the house. I don't think there's anyone in the house. It's fine. Um. Anyways. Oh, um. Harry says most of the teachers aren't in the Order of the Phoenix, and none of them have ever been killed. Well, unless you count Quirrell, but he got what he deserved, seeing as he worked with Voldemort. Um. And then of course Slughorn. He jumps. Um. He gives a shudder and a squawk of protest, but Harry ignores it. I reckon it's so funny to see like the um, evolution of Harry and the and the way he reacts to people who react to the name Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Like before he'd like apologize, and now he's just like over it. He's just like, bruh, if you don't just leave, me. <laughs> just right. move on. Like, right? We still doing this yeah. in the year of our Lord, nineteen ninety six. Exactly. Um. Well, yes, it is true. Oh, then Harry says, I reckon the staff are safer than most people while Dumbledore is headmaster. He's supposed to be the only one Voldemort ever feared, isn't he? Well, yes, it is true. He must not be named. He's never sought a fight with Dumbledore, says Slughorn grudgingly. And I suppose one could argue that as I have not joined the Death Eaters, he must not be named can hardly count me a friend, in which case I might well be safer a little closer to Albus. I cannot pretend that Amelia Bone's death did not shake me if she, with all of her ministry contacts and protection, um, so again, like his value is about like who he knows and like what people can give him. And so in thinking about Amelia Bones' death, it's about like who she knew and what people gave her. Um, and those are like, that's kind of the way that he frames it, right? He's like, I'm so, like as influential as she was, she still got got. So like, I'm not as influential as her. So I could be got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> those are sleeping. And her crate, and all of a sudden her yeah, leg just went. Luna, sorry, her legs went. <laughs> but her whole body's still in the crate. I just see two legs shoot out. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I agree. I think that. I it it it's a it's it's understandable, but it is very. I think I've I've just been binging Shield like the way that like. 
Fitz can't stand Deke because he's like, I've never seen anyone more self self serving or like mm-hmm. more worried about their own self preservation. But it's also like, but yeah, like if I'm not worried about me, you know what I mean? Like, I right? Like who is going? It's, there's a balance. There's a balance. The balance. Yeah. There's not like a like self being self sacrificing is a lot. Yeah, especially and when like, you're self sacrificing when you don't need to be. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes you just need to chill. Um, yeah, I feel like it's also the same with being self-preserving, like on both ends. Like sometimes you just need, there's a happy medium in there Yeah, where like, you know, you got a couple people who you would die for and some shit, but like only in certain circumstances when that is absolutely necessary. After you've seen and, then, and looked at all contingency plans. Exactly. And look- then there are some times where you got to choose yourself, but also not at the cost of other people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's some middle somewhere. <laughs> choosing myself going to lead to the deaths of half the universe then maybe i don't choose me mm-hmm. maybe i you know say goodbye to a toaster oven and upgrade maybe i just go see what bed bath and beyond has on sale mm-hmm. and make a switch yeah yeah or Indeed. do i need to save myself in this moment in order to continue to do good work and no one's going to be harmed for it or irreparably damaged. Right. Questions. Yep. Um, so Dumbledore arrives or comes back in um, and uh, Horace asks um, if he had an upset stomach. And Dumbledore is like, no, I was merely reading your muggle magazines. I do love knitting patterns. And I just would like you all to know that I stand. I knew you knew that. <laughs> and like, all Dumbledore has been pretty problematic. And still, I stand. Listen, we have said once, just, we will know, say a bajillion times, all your faves are problematic. I felt like I just needed to stand but in my truth. Have, but you know? not all your faves have knitting patterns you know what i mean that like, they love like it's just love. like a muggle magazine he probably found like you know an ad for some lemon candies he loves those right he, he's chilling he's comfortable sitting up here comfortable sorry mm-hmm. but i yeah i just feel like there are many ways and many Julia says we stand a knitting queen we exactly. do we do here on wizard team nothing wrong with it we heard it here first also, he's lying, so we should... Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. He's absolutely lying. Complete bullshit. <laughs> I mean, no. False. He does not... I don't actually think he's lying. I think he was stalling. I'm pretty yes. sure he was reading the Muggle magazine because he loves a knitting pattern, but he was doing so to because stall. he was stalling. Correct. <laughs> like, so it's not a lie. It's just it's a lie of omission is what yes. it is. It's a half-truth. But, yeah. He absolutely does love knitting patterns. That is canon for yes. Dumbledore. <laughs> yes. He um, was merely reading. He was probably just going to sit in there. Is probably what's going. He was probably just going to sit there, mm-hmm. and, and he, he probably, probably didn't have to go to the bathroom. So he was just going to go and sit in there for a bit. In the bathroom, and then was like, "Ooh, a um, magazine. Ooh, some knitting patterns. Okay, I could get comfortable here. Like that's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay." So, uh, Dumbledore says, well, Harry, we have trespassed on Horace's hospitality quite long enough. I think it is time for us to leave. You're leaving, said Slughorn. Yes, indeed. I think I know a lost cause when I see one. 
he's laying it on thick, but you know, oh. at this moment, it's now or never. Um, lost. Slughorn seemed agitated. Well, I'm sorry you don't want the job, Horace. Hogwarts would have been glad to see you back again. Our greatly increased security, notwithstanding, you will always be welcome to visit, um, should you wish to. So but he's I been frozen the security because he probably overheard slightly right. like their conversation. Can I just tell you that this is every black mama being like, well, you know, I'm sorry you don't want to finish your vegetables because I'm sure that pound cake that I made would have loved to have you. <laughs> since you don't, you felt the need to not finish your vegetables, I guess, next time. Yeah. And then you just scarf it down some cold ass Brussels sprouts. <laughs> it's like, it's cool, mom. I got this. I got it. <laughs> Pound cake? You said cake? I'm not so full after all. <laughs> they got a little room, like right here. So, yeah. I can feel it. My digestion just, yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. I got some room. I got some mm-hmm. response, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, Dumbledore. <laughs> I see you. Um, so they leave, and then Slughorn says, all right, all right, I'll do it. Dumbledore turns, you will come out of retirement? Yes, yes, I must be mad, but yes. Wonderful, said Dumbledore. Then, Horace, we shall see you on the 1st of September. Yes, I dare say you will, grunted Slughorn. Um, and they set off down the path, and Slughorn shouts, I'll, I'll want a pay rise, Dumbledore. And I feel like they have it in the budget. Just take it from Ben's. They'll be fine. They do. Also, shout out to my man. It was like, I don't want no part of this. Okay, Harry, you do have a good point. You're making, okay, so yeah, I might be safer there. But, give me my money. Yeah, give me my money. Pay me what you owe me. Um, he come anyway. But you gotta start out there. And the thing is, is that when Dumbledore showed up, he was like, I don't know why you came here. But as soon as Dumbledore showed up, he knew. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, looks like I'm going to Hogwarts. Like, he was trying to, he was you trying. know, resist. But he knew. He knew. Yeah. And then he was like, well, listen, I got got, but I'm going to maintain some of my dignity. You know? I'm going to need you to throw in some extra galleons. Just a few. Yeah. Sprinkle, you know? Um, well done, Harry, said Dumbledore. I didn't do anything. Oh, yes, you did. You showed Horace exactly how much he stands to gain by returning to Hogwarts. Do you like him? Uh, Harry wasn't sure whether he liked Slughorn or not. Um, he had seemed vain in whatever he said to the contrary, much too surprised that that a muggle-born could make a good witch. Horace, said Dumbledore, likes his comfort. He also likes the company of the famous, the successful, and the powerful. He enjoys the feeling that he influences these people. He has never wanted to occupy the throne himself. He prefers a backseat, more room to spread out, you see. He used to handpick favorites at Hogwarts, sometimes for their ambition or their brains, sometimes for their charm or their talent, and he had an uncanny knack for choosing those who would go on to become outstanding in their various fields. Horace formed a kind of club um, of his favorites with himself at the center, making introductions, forging useful contacts between members, and always reaping some kind of benefit in return, whether a free box of his favorite crystallized pineapple or the chance to recommend the next junior member of the Goblin Liaison Office. Um, I will say this. It mm-hmm. sounds a lot like what is offered or p- like promised if you join a fraternity or a sorority in college. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say that those things do not have merit and value, right? Like networking is important. Yeah. Obviously we've seen like, from what we've seen of the wizarding world's educational system, like, 
you it's who you know that's gonna get you in the world, like get you through. Yeah. Um at least to a certain extent. And so I don't necessarily fault Horace for making connections and doing those things. I fault him for handpicking who gets that. Like the same thing with fraternities and sororities, right? Like I don't fault the idea of like building a network, mm-hmm. but who gets access to that network is re- predicated on privilege that mm-hmm. is arbitrary and also like not fair sometimes. So I think that's like, that's where the problem comes in, especially yeah. with Slughorn. And we'll see it once he gets to Hogwarts, like how it kind of also damages the people who are not allowed in this special club mm-hmm. and seeing friends and colleagues or classmates getting picked to be special, especially now that you have, he, he comes back to Hogwarts with this, like my students have done this. And my, like, I don't know if it would have been the same, like his first year as a professor, as opposed to like, you know, years down the road when he has all of these, this lineage of former students who have gone on to do bigger, better things. Mm-hmm. And they're looking like, if only I could get invited to the shindig, my entire future could open up in ways that it won't if I'm not invited. Right. Yeah. That's an issue. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I tell you all this, Dumbledore continued, not to turn you against Horus, or as we now must call him, Professor Slughorn. But to put you on your guard, he will undoubtedly try to collect you, Harry. You have been the jewel of his collection, or you would be the jewel of his collection, the boy who lived, or as they call you these days, the chosen one. Um, so really quickly, I, and this is like another movie thing, I appreciate here where Dumbledore explains what's going on, but does not tell Harry, like, how to feel about it, how to feel about it, or what to do about it, Right. Like, in the movie, it's very straightforward, and Harry and Dumbledore's like, he will try to collect you, and Harry's like, so you want me to, or you want him to let me collect, you yeah, know what I mean? Or you want me to let him collect me, or whatever, is like a, it's just like too obvious, and, and a little too like, uh, yeah, on the nose, and it's not subtle at all, um, and it doesn't really give Harry, what, like, in saying, a lot, I think, I think what it is. a Harry Potter movie is not subtle? Right, I don't believe Larry. you. Um, but, what I'm saying is, in the in in the books, while Harry does take a lot of what Dumbledore says to heart, and like often when he asks Harry to do something, he doesn't really second guess that thing. Um, but I think that there's also moments where Dumbledore lets Harry do what, like he purposefully and deliberately lets Harry make his own decisions on how he's going to act. Right? Like I think that Harry knows that he should res- like be respectful to Slughorn. But throughout this, um, throughout the book, he's not trying to cozy up to him at all. He's very much uncomfortable when he's around him. He, like, dodges the slug club meetings. Um, whereas, like, in the movies, Harry's like, well, Dumbledore said I have to get close to him. So he's, like, calling him over and, like, you know, like, talking to him all friendly versus being someone who's, like, not really interested in that kind of spotlight. Um, yeah. I feel like is more consistent with his character. Um, and, it's, and it's reticent. And I think the... The thing, too, is that when you're saying, like, Dumbledore lets him make those decisions, it's also Dumbledore knows Harry and knows the choices that he'll make, but Mm -hmm. also knows, like, when to push him and when not to. Right. And so when it gets to the point where Dumbledore asks him to get that memory, then he gives him a, like, 
you need to do this, mm-hmm. which is different than in the movie. I'm a, again, I don't remember that movie that well. Um, this was before or after they burned down the borough. I don't know, but I'm going to be asking that a lot. This book, um, <laughs> In the like, but in the movie, he says, "Oh, you want me to be collected?" That is implicitly saying, "Go do this thing now." Right. This thing that Dumbledore knows will make him uncomfortable. Will you know? He's not. He doesn't want the spotlight. He doesn't seek it out, especially now that he is even more thrust into the spotlight than normal with the fate of the Wizarding World. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. one thing when it's like. He goes to Hogwarts and people are interested in him and blah, blah, blah. But now it's like the entire, like he's the chosen one. Right. That's a different burden. And so that ask, that's a big ask that Dumbledore doesn't, doesn't ask of Harry. And it's also not really necessary. Yeah. it makes sense. Like Harry doesn't really need to cozy up to Slughorn because Slughorn is going to do all that work. Like yeah. Harry just has to sit there and be... Harry Potter, you know right. what I mean? Um, and it also help, kind of, I think, helps um, make Slughorn more interested in him, the fact that Harry is not interested. Right. Because it's not like Ginny Weasley or Hermione, in which it's like, oh, they're talented and I see that and I'm going to cultivate. Like, Harry is Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. He's going to be Harry Potter, even if Slughorn realizes he ain't that talented. You know, right. he's still exactly. Harry Potter. He's yeah. kind of a disappointment, but he's still Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, so they start, they apparate again, and now they're at the borough. Um, so, uh, Harry's second favorite building in the world. Ron wow. was in there, and so was Mrs. Weasley. And I love that, like, I just really love, like, as much as Ron has been driven the last, like, he was okay last book, but really Goblet of Fire. But as much as we like shit on Ron, I do really appreciate their friendship and the fact that like they land and Harry's like Ron's in there. I I underline that part. You know what I mean? Like it's just so like heartwarming. And again, it, like since we were talking about the movies, it's a thing we don't really get so much is when is like how much Harry really like loves and like appreciates Ron. Um, like that's his best friend, and. That's also like also, a lot of times. That's one of his main entries into the Wizarding World. It's like, like he sees the burrow and he's like, "My best friend's in there. I'm home." You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's great. It's also a testament to their friendship that we kind of get in when they break up in Goblet of Fire, mm-hmm. but um, like. We call it tugboating, Delia. I made that up when I was talking about Bucky and Shuri. She asked, what do we call shipping a friendship? Because she loves their friendship. I call it tugboating. <laughs> it's not a ship, a small boat. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we tugboat Ron and Harry. But there is something about the difference between, like, when he talks about Hermione to Slughorn, it's like the sense of pride. And he mentions, like, Hermione is the voice he hears in his head as his conscience. Mm-hmm. But, like, Ron is his heart. You know, like, that's like, I know, I know. I'm poetic as fuck. Oh my gosh. 
But like Rock, like the way that he loves the Wizarding World and the strength in which he loves magic and stuff is so tied to the Weasleys and to Ron. Because Ron is the first person that he meets in the Wizarding World who is like not I mean when he meets Draco, Draco's a little shit. Like he's not open and accepting um he's bratty. When he meets Hagrid, it's you know, so weird, right? This half giant, like with a pink umbrella. And Ron's this kid that looks like him. And like And also like has the same kind of like all this other stuff has been really like sensationalized and it's like wow I'm in this magical world and then you actually find like an actual like person right yeah. who lives in this thing and like Hagrid is really like you were saying like Hagrid is like wow it's this half giant and Draco's like wow that's an asshole <laughs> like, and, Ron, and Ron is like oh that's like an actual kid who you has a lot of who's just as like insecure and afraid as I am even though he grew up in this world and like I love them. Yeah. They're so great. So great. So great. Yeah. Um, I want to also, so I, I um, underlined this as well, but he says it's his second favorite building in the world, his mm-hmm. first being Hogwarts. Yeah. And those are his homes, mm-hmm. like where he feels at home. Mm-hmm. And Harry Potter, you are a dumb little shit, and I cannot stand you. But good lord, I love you to death. <laughs> like this is the most heartwarming yeah. thing. Like when I when I read it again, you know, close read and all, I was like second favorite because because Ron's in there and Mrs. Weasley. Exactly. He's like anyone in the world. Food. He said, "I get to eat," which is <laughs> literally how I feel when I go home. <laughs> right. I don't even have to land, and I'm like, "Mama, that's hilarious." Because that's not the case for me. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, the first thing I ask for, I don't want my mom to cook. The second thing I ask for is gumbo, and she always says, "No, it's too hot." But you know, yeah. I get it eventually. Yeah. No, my family just eats out all the time, so that's fine. I come home and I'm like, "All right, where are we going?" <laughs> I got my list. But you got your games, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are other reasons why I love, I mean, well, now I live here, but you know what I mean. Like, there are other reasons why I love coming home. Uh, Welcome to home. Yeah. There's like, it's just, and and like, you know, the San Diego taco thing. It's like you land. Yeah. It's like certain places you go to and you're like, I'm ready. Yeah. This is what I'm here for. And like, Baltimore, crab pretzel, let's do it. I mean, can't relate, but yes. But Brianna doesn't love Baltimore. (laughs) That's because I'm a big ball of allergies. So, <laughs> feeling mutual. <laughs> I don't love Baltimore. Baltimore don't Can't love eat shellfish. Can't walk around with the pollen in the air. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, Harry, said Dumbledore, I'd like a few words with you before we part. No, I um, mind. I totally mind. I mind so hard. <laughs> so, um, they go into the rundown stone outhouse where the Weasleys kept their broomsticks. I hope you will forgive me for mentioning it, Harry. But I'm pleased and a little proud at how well you seem to be coping after everything that happened with the ministry. Permit me to say that I think Sirius would have been proud of you. Um, Harry swallowed. His voice seemed to have deserted him. He did not think he could stand to discuss Sirius. It had been painful enough to hear Uncle Vernon say, his godfather's dead, and even worse to hear Sirius's name thrown out casually by Slughorn. 
It was cool, said Dumbledore softly, that you and Sirius had such a short time together, a brutal ending to what should have been a long and happy relationship. Yeah, Joe, maybe you maybe just don't do that. Maybe but instead I also you could not down though that this is at least she addresses it and kind yeah. of apologizes. I mean she didn't have to do it, which is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But I, and I think it's because we just came off of the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts in which she apologizes for something that, like, you did deal with... Just stand by it. Stand by it, right? Like, I get it. Like, okay, like, I I feel like we may have talked about this before. Yeah. I definitely have plans for some characters, and they're not going to be great in my <laughs> stories. But, like, also... You stand by I gotta, it. I mean, oh, well... The like happens. I'm sad when I write it, but I prepared for it, and like that's what got to, they got to go. Yeah, and like I feel like at some point you just gotta be like, okay, they they got to go, and, and it's sad, and like also you know you have to reckon with that, which is important, and like what she's doing here, and like right, but, but this is yeah. the place that you reckon with it, right? And mm-hmm. in the in a in a way in which it makes sense and helps, like the reason why you the reason why certain characters have to go is to move the story along and to sometimes at depth. And there's a whole big thing about, you know, why the black guy got to die in order for the hero to grow wings. And this actually, you know, the black guy isn't really black, but he's kind of black. He's black. black. Well, you know, and that was like back in the day when I made that thing about him going to being falsely imprisoned. Yeah. For a crime he didn't commit. Because he's black. Trying to keep the man down. (laughs) Stay woke. Stay woke. But... There, as much as I'm upset and still mad about the fact that Sirius died, there, there is a a reason that I recognize for his death, and and the ramifications of what it means to Harry in the greater awakening of the story, the greater story. I'm I'm not fine with it, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. And so having this moment where she acknowledges like the pain of that and how unfair it is to Harry and how, you know, it shouldn't have it shouldn't have been the case and they should have been able to have their happy long and relationship and like be a family. That's it. Yeah. Don't come at me twenty years later. Awesome. I'm so I'm sorry. sorry. No, you're not. Because if you were, you would have done it. Mm-hmm. Apologize right, because it. Like, apologizing for it implies that you made the wrong choice. Right. Which also implies that my sacrifice, or <laughs> my heartbreak is for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is how, which is the only person I want to get an apology for a death from now on. I want Josh Sweden to apologize to me for killing Wash, and then we yeah. can move on. Yeah. That yeah. was unnecessary, and that was mm-hmm. cool, and it was mean. Mm-hmm. Especially because then you went and had Zoe pregnant. We yeah. had to get that into was it. Fucked that was fucked, fucked up. up and yeah. you, I, I am owed an apology for that death. Otherwise, That's keep it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So mad, I would go back and read I, it. I have, I have a qualm with, um, actually, I'm not going to talk about it because I ignore it and it didn't happen and it doesn't exist. So just kidding. Moving on. But will you, will you slack it to me later? Oh, I don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, you won't know. 
I'll put it in the. Oh, uh, is it like a Naruto thing? Okay. I'll put it in the. Uh, All right, that's fine. <laughs> Moving on. In the notice slack. Um, or if you know, if you want to ask me on Twitter, as Rob was saying earlier, and I'm not going to whisper it, and it's not anything ridiculously out of pocket. Um, tweet me, and I'll let you know <laughs> whose death I reject. Um, <laughs> I don't reject the death of dragon periods. Just so you know, I don't. That's not the answer. So, a sick woman. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh shit! Now I lost my page. <laughs> okay, so Dumbledore, page seventy-six says it was cruel that you and Sirius had such a short time together—a brutal ending to what should have been a long and happy relationship. Feels we didn't need. Now you're on page seventy-seven, but you're typing about dragon periods, which I'm definitely know. not typing about dragon periods. Uh, okay, yeah. So Harry nodded. His eyes fixed resolutely on the spider, now climbing on Dumbledore's hat. Um, he could tell that Dumbledore understood that he might even suspect that until his letter arrived, Harry had spent nearly all his time in the Dursleys, um, lying on his bed, refusing meals, and staring at the misted window full of chill emptiness, full of the chill emptiness that he had come to associate with the mentors. Um, so... I think it's interesting at this point that he, like... And obviously he's had some time Mm-hmm. Um, but this is two very weeks. different. This is very. It's the two weeks is significant. Right? Like, it, it's time. It's like, it's not right after Sirius died. Sure. Um, it's so in this he's able to at least he's he has enough time that he's able to recognize um, that Dumbledore does understand. Yeah. Um. So there's. Yeah. That's that's really like I feel like he's had enough time to kind of both come because he's obviously he's been at the Dursleys like depressed, right? Like he's gone through that and he understands what's going on with himself, I think, as well. Which I think is different than um Cedric's death. Where he's not really clear, he's like having all these things happen and he's still like trying to figure out what's going on. Um and at this point, like he goes from being angry to kind of being like, Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think the other elephant in the room, I guess, that we have to acknowledge is the fact that Harry feels a level of guilt about, and just because I am who I am, he should, which he should feel guilt about, um, serious as death, that he doesn't really feel about um, and he shouldn't feel about Cedric's death because he made terrible, terrible decisions. And so now he's reckoned with it, and it's, I don't know, I think it's, it's, it's something that, it's different when something happens to you that you just feel like, like I just, you know, like you've done everything right, <laughs> or you've you've done what you're supposed to, and then this thing happens to you, mm-hmm. and it just feels so unfair. As opposed to like when you can recognize, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I made these wrong decisions, and this like the consequence was huge. But I can see where I went wrong, right? You know, like it makes more sense. 
it doesn't make it easier. It just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not to say that like Sirius's death is easier to, for him to like accept, but it de- you he could at least plot like all of the ways in which like the th- the decisions that he made and everyone made led to that point, as opposed to. I didn't put my name in that goddamn goblin. <laughs> I didn't ask to do this. I wanted to give Cedric the goddamn thing, you know. And he, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like all of that stuff was just was like, what the fuck, you know? Right. So I feel like it's it makes sense that he's gotten there quicker with serious as death. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's just hard, Carrie said, to realize that he won't write me again, which mm-hmm. I feel like. Harry Potter lives on the feelings bench. They all live there together. Um, he felt stupid for admitting it, but the fact that he had someone outside Hogwarts who cared about what happened to him, almost like a parent, had been one of the best things about discovering his godfather. Okay, but it's hashtag dads, not hashtag dad. So how about you hit up your boy, Remus? I mean, just Remus does not get the respect he deserves in Harry no, Potter. No, not at right. all. I'm just um, like, sir, got a whole other dad. He's just waiting, <laughs> waiting for you to call him. <laughs> Sitting by the phone. <laughs> I, Sirius is my boy, so I'm just going to abstain. Because <laughs> it is kind of hashtag dad. Because that's his god dad. Well, yes, but you his know what I mean. dad. I know what you mean. Uncle. Uncle. All I'm saying is there are plenty of other people, yes, mainly Remus, yes. who cares about what happens to him yes. like a parent. I also feel like you should. Molly Weasley almost went toe to toe with Sirius off of Harry. Yes, last year. So but Molly's like, there's I mean, different- it's definitely different. I'm not saying that he should be waiting on Molly to write him and shit. Like, definitely not. But there's but also I- just a difference between like having like the cool dad and like, right. and, like oh mom, exactly. True. Very true. You really just lick your hand to wipe my eye. That's gross, mom. And that's who Molly is. Yeah. And that's why I didn't say Molly originally and said Remus. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, part of it, too, is, like, it's... Harry does have people. Yes. That doesn't mean that the loss of Sirius is any less. Yeah. You can't really, you know, look to Arthur like that because Arthur is too busy asking about rubber duckies and plugs. Not that he don't love Arthur, but, you know. Mm-hmm. He can't ask Arthur about dating advice, though he should not have been asking serious dating advice either. Mm-hmm. Or Remus, for that matter. He don't have no... He should call Kingsley. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we're just looking at the father figures... <laughs> Kingsley is not one, but... Legit 115 years old. He ain't... And gay. That's neither here nor there. When you're 115, you've been out the game for a while. But <laughs> he's damn, he's a century older than Harry. He is a century they, older than Harry. They, That's they, wild. They can't connect on that level. <laughs> and then you got Arthur, who married his cousin. We don't want those problems. Second Not, cousin. Sure. Still. I was like, they're not first cousins. No, I was just thinking, because I was like, hold up. They're not that. In my head, I was like, hold up. I did not retain that they were cousins. Okay, cool. That's why. 
Um, but yeah, who ain't got no goddamn chill. Who doesn't have a lot of choices? Not a good. You don't have that many choices. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Kingsley's not that, not there yet. But you could write him up and be like, "What's up, dude?" Uh, As you may have heard, I've recently (laughs) gone down in father figures. Have an open position. An open position. Submit your resume. It's hashtag dads, and right now I'm at a singular. Yeah. And I've got some questions about, you know, dating. But my other dad is a werewolf who quite possibly likes boys. So. I mean, I feel like dating advice. I mean, I wouldn't know, but like. Is there a difference? I don't know. I'm moving on. Anyways. Um. Sirius represented much to you that you had never known before, said Dumbledore. Naturally, the loss is devastating. But while I was at the Dursleys, interrupted Harry. I realized I can't shut myself away or crack up. Sirius wouldn't have wanted that, would he? Anyway, life's too short. Look at Madame Bones. Look at Emmeline Vance. It could, be ne- it could be me next. But if it is, I'll make sure I'll take as many Death Eaters as I can and Voldemort too if I can manage it. So he's Gryffindor, Gryffindor, Gryffindor. Spoken like your mother and father's son and Sirius is true godson, said Dumbledore. I would take my hat off to you. Or I take my hat off to you, or I would if I were not afraid of showering you in spiders. Well, um, sir, it it is it is a very Harry Potter moment, and, and it's important for his mean, own. He's just like, and now Harry, <laughs> I guess you've been taken, and Harry's like, yeah. He's not like, can we back up to the spiders comment? <laughs> I have questions. He's just like, yeah. Well, he just has spiders on. He's like, they're like in a cupboard and like there's spiders everywhere. And they're on Dumbledore's hat. So he's like, there. Harry's like my best friend growing up with a spider. Who knew? <laughs> um, that's actually really funny that Harry's best friend growing up with a spider and Ron is terrified of him. Oh. <laughs> just Ron. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, anyway. Um, and now, Harry, on a closely related subject, I gather you have been taking the Daily Prophet over the last two weeks. Um, and you have you will have seen that there have not been so much leaks as floods concerning your adventure in the Hall of Prophecy. Um, Respect for the time room. Exactly. Always. Um, for you. And then uh, Dumbledore's like, only the two of us actually know what's going on and everything else is speculation. Um, and he says, I think I'm correct in saying that you have not told anybody um, what the prophecy said, which is a wise decision on the whole, although I think you might, uh, you ought to relax it in favor of your friends, Ron and Hermione. I think they ought to know. You do them a disservice by not confiding something this important to them. Um, so even Dumbledore knows at this point, like Harry, I'm sorry, Ron and Hermione are kind of in this for the long haul. Yeah. Like he's all, granted, thinking about it, he's probably already written, written his will. Yeah. So he's like, I already know that Harry, that Ron, like, Harry doesn't know, because even by the end of this book, he's like, I'm not going to Hogwarts. You guys, it's, it was nice knowing you. And they're sitting there like, are you dumb? Like, <laughs> Hermione's also like, and I'm going back to Hogwarts. How, Sam? How? Right. <laughs> Hermione's like, um, so you must be forgetting. And Ron is like, uh, y'all, you must not know what family I come from. <laughs> we don't. So, how how do we not? Hey, man, a couple of books ago, we were saying that Ron never met Harry Potter. Apparently, Harry Potter ain't never met Ron or Hermione. No, never. Not, never, a, not even once. Not in his whole life. Um, 
Delia and Amani are pointing out the um, irony in Dumbledore telling Harry that it'd be he'd be doing a disservice a disservice by not confiding in them. Um, well, Delia pointing it out, and Amani is in all caps. Like, yes, know. yes, he's. Um, I think I know who um, Amani's benching. Yeah. Delia wants you to know that Dumbledore has never met himself, apparently. She got on the all-caps train, too. Okay. I didn't want to worry or frighten them, said Dumbledore. Um, or perhaps to confess that you yourself are worried or frightened. You need your friends, Harry. As you so rightly said, Sirius would not have wanted you to shut yourself away. Really quickly, I just want to point out on page 78 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince that Dumbledore tells Harry that he needs his friends. Harry doesn't tell his friends on their way to the train at the end of Order of the Phoenix. I just want to... Harry is still learning. He didn't, he himself, become Albus Dumbledore. I don't think that Harry was telling his friends on the way to the train at the end of um, Order of the Phoenix that he needs, that they need their friends to fight Voldemort. I think what he was saying was, you know, with the midterm elections coming, it's really important that as young conservatives with our blazers, wearing blazers... <laughs> and not robes. That <laughs> we, you know, lean on each other to do important work like canvassing, talking about, you know, the dangers of being on the dole, <laughs> reliant on government handouts, make a very weak person. I think that's what Harry was talking about. Okay. Because he was the president of the young conservatives at that right. moment. <laughs> you right. Can I just say that, so I went to see Avengers with my sister, and like, she hates going to movies with me because I talk, but then what's really irritating, and this is kind of an aside from what I'm talking about, is that like, she doesn't let me talk, like, I'll start to say something, and she's like, shh, and then immediately she will say something, and I'm just like, wow, this double standard here is disrespectful, massage noir is what's going on right now, and I won't stand for it, Um, but what I'm saying though is... Uh, the Fantastic Beast trailer happened, right? And I was Ugh. like, and I just was like, uh, goddamn apparating in Hogwarts. And she was like, okay, shut up. But then when I was like, when I mentioned Dumbledore, in his three piece I was like, I was like, so I like whispered, I was like, so, you know, Dumbledore out here, he's supposed to be like a wizarding fashion icon. And she's like, oh, and he out here in a three piece suit. I was like, exactly. <laughs> you keep what I'm saying here. <laughs> but anyway, that's, anyway. Okay. He was um, in a three-piece suit and a goddamn bowler hat. Like he I'm just like, what, what? This is a bonus episode that we need to get to. We should. Just we should talk about wrestling fashion. I feel like it needs to happen. Because I have... I didn't come... Actually, I don't know if Fantastic Beast was... Um, maybe that can be our, our second Fantastic Beast. Or maybe that can be our Fantastic yeah. Beast uh, thingy. Instead of having to watch the goddamn movie? Well, we'll probably have to watch it to see their fashion, but we'll oh, right. talk about it could be like Oh, we'll talk about the fashion instead of the plot. And the crimes, crimes of, fashion. of fashion. Boom! We out here. That's why we're watching this movie. Yes. <laughs> I really need to get a screener though. How do you get a screener? Because I don't want to give them any. That's a good question. Google it. Didn't you used to get screeners? Yeah, that? but that was when I had a at at a real, you know, oh, yeah. type email address. So, uh, Dumbledore says, on a different, though related subject, it is my wish that you take private lessons with me this year. 
private with you, said Harry. Yes, I think it is time I took a greater hand in your education, given that I should have done it last year and did not. So better late than never, I suppose. Can we also, words mean things. And so when you say lessons and education, that gives the impression that you're going to be teaching in a classroom. And what they're doing is going on missions. <laughs> and like the mysteries and the of the mind doing dead drops and shit like they're not <laughs> it's time for our private lesson well he's and learning things the point is that harry's learning things okay. so it's, he's it's he's is there like a verb version of lesson i don't think so i think it's just learning um he's yeah i just feel like it's false advertisement when he says taking private lessons well and then I, just in case, like, a Death Eater is listening or something. I don't know. I guess. It's a very good um, gotcha question in case someone has apologies. What was our first private lesson? Oh, yeah, when I took you to go get a horror crux. We went horror crux hunting. <laughs> 101. <laughs> well, first you got to learn about the horror crux. Horror crux hunting. Harry even gets homework. It's a lesson. Okay. He gets, like, two homework assignments. One of them he does late. Really? And then, he asked for an extension. No, he didn't. He forgot to ask for the <laughs> extension. And then Dumbledore was like, I'm not upset, just disappointed. And Harry was like, damn, I've never felt more guilty in my entire life. Okay, moving my on. God, I killed my godfather. Okay. Okay. Um, if I'm having lessons with you, um, I won't have to do Aquamancy with Snape, will I? Professor Snape, Harry, and no, you will not. Good, said Harry, because they were a... He stopped careful not to say what he really thought. I think the word fiasco would be a good one here, said Dumbledore. No, Dumbledore, the word is shit show. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking terrible idea. Yeah. Unmitigated disaster. (laughs) Um, Well, that means I won't see much of Professor Snape from now on, um, because he won't let me carry on potions unless I got an outstanding on my OWL, which I know I haven't. Don't count your owls before they're delivered, said Dumbledore, which, now I think of it, ought to be sometime later today. Now, two more things, Harry, before we part. I love how Dumbledore is still not telling Harry what position Slughorn is taking. Right. Well, I he's, think he's a troll. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, well, we know so. That is also yeah. canon. That's also double canon. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I feel like that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, I wish for you to keep your invisibility cloak with you at all times from this moment onward. Even in Hogwarts, just in case. You understand me? Constant motherfucking vigilance. But question. Mm-hmm. How big slash small oh, yeah. slash flexible is the invisibility cloak? We still haven't gotten that answer. I guess like if you're carrying it in your robes though, there's more space. But he'd be putting it in his pocket. Well yeah, that makes no sense. But I think in his robes, it probably they're like maybe they got like deep pockets, you know what I'm saying? You can just like stuff it in there and it's flowy enough that you can't tell if there's like this big thing. Like piece of cloth like stuff in one side. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just making things up. I Again, don't believe you. Wizarding fashion. Yes. How do you store your invisibility cloaks when you're not wearing them? Um, and lastly, while you stay here, the borough has been given the highest security the Ministry of Magic can provide. These measures have caused a certain amount of inconvenience to Arthur and Molly. All their posts, for instance, is being searched at the Ministry before being sent on. They do not mind in the slightest. For their only concern is your safety. However, it would be poor repayment if you risk your neck while staying with them. Dumbledore's like, keep your ass in line. Don't do anything dumb while you're here. Kind of sense. 
reminds me of something that one of his hashtag dads told him at one point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I understand, said Harry quickly. Very well then, said Dumbledore. I see a light in the kitchen. Let us not deprive Molly any longer of the chance to deplore how thin you are. Boom. Boom. Who is your MVP? Dumbledore, because I stand. You know? That's literally the only reason. I know he was problematic in situations, you know, he's a little, you know, he has to tell everybody everything and everything, but I still stand. Yes. Um, so I also MVP Dumbledore because, I mean, this chapter had everything. I want you to pretend like I'm doing that, um, the voice of, um, Shit, I forgot his name already. From SNL. He does the the um the club review. Stefan. Stefan from SNL. This chapter had everything. It had Dumble Bars, Dumble Shade, Candy Dumbledore, Knitting Dumbledore, Emotionally Distant Dumbledore. Mentally manipulative Dumbledore. It it gave us it all. Everything. And I, I and I appreciated it so much. So Delia makes Slughorn her MVP for doing the most and being the character to introduce Lily in a fashion that isn't she was so pretty and spunky, which granted. And Amani makes Harry the MVP because he's tired of all this mess, which Fair. Yeah. Who did you bench? Um, I bench Slughorn. Hey, look at us! Um, because he's gross, and I would like to, to. I would like for him to not be gross. Not be gross. <laughs> Although I do agree with Delia, and I do appreciate um, his character being brought in to give us more characterization on Lil. Get enough of that um, from people who are not don't have some kind of like ulterior motive when it comes to her stuff so. i agree although i guess he had one at some point but i think at this point since she's dead that's like not a thought anymore um but like you know we don't have to see him from snape we don't have to see her from snape's point of view which is gross or petunias which and i feel like you know, both of them are not great people to learn about your mother from so yes yeah um so I also bench Slughorn for similar reasons. I don't like the idea of collecting people. Um, I don't like the idea of just full-on self-serving behavior. And I think that, yeah, I think that I understand some of his motivations, but a lot of them I'm just not happy with. Delia benched J.K. Rowling for her total disregard of hashtag dads, Lupin Who. Um, which is allowed. And then yeah. she said, if not allowed, she benches Dumbledore. He's a problem, a real problem. Let's make the hash. Um, but J.K. Rowling's allowed. But J.K. Rowling is allowed. So let's just do that one instead. Amani benches. Three-piece suit wearing, lying-ass manipulator, Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man, troll-ass, disrespectful old man Dumbledore. To which, Bayana asks, the movie version? <laughs> I'm just saying, my Dumbledore doesn't wear three-piece suits. <laughs> Personally. 
He has some issues. He is problematic, but one of those Which, problems is not that he wears replies, His cloak is a lie like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we have to all go to bed. Yeah. I think that's what that's saying. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Next week, we will discuss chapter five of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince in excess of Flynn. Make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who has been for this chapter and previous Half-Blood Prince chapters. Join the conversation on Twitter at WeBlackItNerds, hashtag WizardTeam. Check out our website, BlackGirlsCreate.org. We're doing some cool Wait. things soon to come. Constant vigilance. Um, we have a managing editor now, so now Ooh. we have space to do more things. So it's awesome. We will see. So just, you know, yeah. Thanks, pay guys. attention. Eyes open. Bye, bye, y'all.